I'd like you to remain standing. Would you open your Bibles, your Bible apps, Google, to listen or read Matthew 13, 1 through 9? And I'm going to give you a second to do that because I'm always struggling to get there on time. Just being honest. Hear the word of our Lord. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. And great crowds gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat down. And the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path. And the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil. And immediately they sprang up since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among the thorns and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. He who has ears, let him hear. Did you catch that? We've heard this somewhere before, haven't we? I'll let you know in a minute where. You ever have those moments, though, where you're listening, but you're not really hearing? (laughs) I've had those times where I will be standing right in front of somebody, and they're talking to me, and then all of a sudden, something they say makes my mind wander to something else that's going on in my life. Anybody else? Yeah, I'm guilty, and I just want to take this moment publicly to say I'm sorry if that has happened to you. Yes. One of my favorite moments, I don't know why I said favorite, but it drives me bonkers, is when I'm with my husband, of course, my Prince Charming, and I'll be working on something in the kitchen, and my husband will be 10 feet away from me in the living room. I'll be carrying on a conversation with him, And in a few minutes, he'll say something like this. Are you talking to me? Um, Yes, I'm talking to you. And then this is what he says. Very wise man. (laughs) You should really get my attention first. Which is true. I do this all the time. I'll be talking all the time and not even really paying attention if the other person's listening to me. You should get my attention first. Listening is hard, and we often, we don't do it very well. And my fear, if I can express that this morning, is that we've heard this parable before, and we've gotten pretty comfortable in it, and it's going to be really easy to tune it out or to think about something else going on. But Jesus is saying right here to the people, he is saying, he who has ears, let him hear. In other words, he's saying, listen up, 
pay close attention. Because it's not just about having ears. It's about having ears that hear. Do you remember where you've heard that before? It was in Revelation. <laughs> uh, Revelation, when uh, they're speaking to the seven churches, at the very end of each one, it says, Let him who have ears hear. Woo! Pretty powerful then. It's pretty powerful now. So let's pay attention. And I think the best way to do that, let's just start in prayer together. Let's ask God to give us those ears to hear, to pay close attention to what Jesus was telling the disciples then and to the people. Don't forget, the people on the shore that were listening to what he was telling them then. And then also, what is he saying to us? Let's ask the Holy Spirit to guide us in the truths that we are to hear this morning so that we can not just hear them, but that we can obey them and put them into practice. Pray with me. Father God, we just thank you so much for the blessing of reading your word together this morning. Lord, I pray that you would just open our hearts and open our minds by the power of your Holy Spirit. That as scriptures are read, that as your word is proclaimed, I pray that we would have those ears that hear, that pay attention, that listen, so that we can respond in joy, so that we can respond in obedience to the teaching you have for us today, and that hearts would be changed. And I pray, Father, that lives would be changed by your word this morning. Give us ears to hear. Speak now your servants are listening. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Children, if you'd like to go to a special time of worship for you, you are welcome to do so now and meet your teachers in the back. recorded in three of the Gospels, and I believe in Sunday school you're going to be looking at the Luke uh, reference of this. But actually, this story is more about the condition of the soil than it is about the sower. See, we, we had the sower, 
and we had the seed, and we had the soil. And the sower is God, and the seed is the word of God. The variable here is the soil. See, the word and, the, and God and the word, they don't change. They stay constant, now, forever, and always. But the variable is the soil, those four different soils that represent our hearts. Now, when Jesus told this parable, he was inviting them and he's inviting us to examine the condition of our hearts to find our place in the story. So Jesus tells this parable that Miranda just read. And then the disciples, they come to him and they say, continuing on in verse 10, why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered them, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For to the one who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, Even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables. Because seeing they do not see and hearing they do not hear. Nor do they understand. And then he goes into quotes from Isaiah 6. To show that this prophecy has been fulfilled. (laughs) Oh my gosh, there's so much going on there. But this morning I just want to focus on one aspect before we dig into the, the different conditions of the soil. So I was listening to a podcast this week, which I highly recommend, and it's called the Bama Podcast. Doesn't, do anybody listen to podcasts? Okay, great. Okay, if you have not been introduced to podcasts, they are awesome. And actually, our church has a podcast, believe it or not, on Apple and also uh, whatever the other version is. <laughs> the other one. <laughs> yes. Oh, Play, Google Play. So um, I was listening to one called the Bama Podcast. And in the first couple episodes, the host stressed how important it is to read the Bible from a Jewish perspective. See, parables were often used to teach. Most parables, the answer is not right there. They're used so that the truth can be discovered. The learning is designed to be complex, and it can be difficult. And what's so beautiful about the parables, other than the imagery, is that they often make the listener ask more questions. They make the the listener wrestle with what they've just heard so that they can dig deeper to find the meaning, to find the treasure. Even this morning, I have to confess, I'm thankful that Jesus explains this parable to us later on. But even though he explains it to us, I believe that there is deeper meaning and truth that we can all glean together as we examine the condition of our hearts. Here's the key, though. The learner has got to want to learn. If we're going to dig deep, we have to want to. Um, Do you ever have something that you're studying for that just doesn't excite you? Is Mike Hazen in the room? Because I'm scared to even say this out loud. Um, Mine is history. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm sorry, Mike. <laughs> it's gotten a lot better now that I've gotten older and with the help from the History Channel. Um, but back in high school, I barely made it through. I mean, barely. All of the names, the dates, the places, they just didn't excite me. And because I didn't want to learn it, I did not do well. Um, Friday night, I was talking with some of the worship team, and uh, uh, Monday night, tomorrow night, many of our elders and deacons will be doing some leadership training that they do every year um, to refresh and to make sure you know that we're all uh, staying in line with what we believe. And, and I remember when I first became an elder, I got super excited, and I went to Carol, and she gave me the book, the EPC Leadership Manual. Oh, I was so excited, and I was ready to dig in and, and learn. And then I opened the book, and guess what chapter one is? Church history. <laughs> chapter two, church history continued. <laughs> but, but there was a difference there because I wanted to learn it. I wanted to learn it, and then I was excited to learn about Luther and Calvin and, and even the dire worms, you know, all these things. The learner has to want to learn it. So Jesus answers why parables question with this. We'll go back to verse 11. To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. In order to understand Jewish perspective, we also need to know the audience. Who is Jesus addressing here? And if you'll notice, we have two different distinct audiences listening. We have those who have been given the secrets of the kingdom and those who have not. So I thought this morning we would start with those who have been given. Who is he talking about? The secrets. Jesus. He's talking the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, our Savior, our Messiah. So he's referring to those who believe, the believers, those who have been given that precious gift of faith. Paul would later say in Ephesians, he says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of yourself. It is the gift of God, so that no one can boast. He's talking about believers. David Platt, once in a message, said, Why is it when believers look to the cross, they see forgiveness, but when non-believers look, they see foolishness? Why is that? The only reason, he continues, that we see forgiveness is because of God's grace. For it has been grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not, hear this, from yourself. It is the gift of God. He is the sower. And he has opened our eyes to see Jesus. He is the one who has given us those ears to hear. He would continue on later in verse 16. He says, blessed are your eyes, for they see, and for your ears, for they hear. For truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear but did not hear it. Church, we are blessed. If you are a believer, you are blessed. 
You have Jesus. You have the power of the Holy Spirit living in you. And that is a blessing. And then we have the second audience listening. Those who have not. When anyone, Jesus continues in 19, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and they do not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. The seed that was thrown on the hard path. The ones that saw, witnessed the miracles of Jesus, but they weren't really seeing. They heard the truth from truth himself, but they weren't really hearing. These are the ones with hardened hearts. And here's the thing. Not everybody is ready to hear the truth. It has to be in God's timing, in his perfect and beautiful timing. And it has to be from him. He is the sower. He gives the gift. And we all have people in our lives who don't have that saving relationship with Jesus. It's hard. I know that personally. I got a reminder from a friend this week as we were talking about this. Don't you love those little reminders? Things that you already know, but that person that in your life that, that helps you be accountable to the word of God, remind you of those truths. He said this, it's not our job to save. Only God saves. He's the giver. He's the sower. All we can do is try to set the example and to have those conversations when the spirit leads us to. And I'm going to add this. We can pray. (laughs) We can pray, church. Pray those fervent prayers. Cry out to God for his deliverance, for those that we love, for those hearts to be softened. And if, if there is anyone here today that does not have that gift of faith, it's okay. We are so delighted that you are here today. You are always welcome Ask those questions. Dig deeper. Wrestle with those, those things that you hear. But ultimately, ask God to reveal himself to you, to give you that gift. Ask him. Ask him to remove that hardened heart of yours, that hardened heart of stone, and to give you a heart of flesh. This is a gift that only he can give. But we would love to walk alongside you. We would love to pray for you and discover with you the majesty of Jesus. There's nothing more. Can I get an amen? We would love nothing more than to be able to share Jesus. Thank you. Yes. So pray. Pray for those in your life who do not know him yet. Let's take a good look now at the next three conditions because I think these are the ones that are are pretty hard for some of us uh, who are believers. Let's look closely and dig deep. Examine your heart today. Jesus continues in verse 20. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. 
yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. The rocky ground. The shallow heart. This person hears the message. This heart receives the message and responds with joy, but then has no root for it, no foundation. Trouble comes a ruin, and it's like the story we heard from Jesus through Chad last week. When the storms came, what happened to the built the house that was built without a foundation? It washed away. Yes, it did. It did. Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8 says this. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when the heat comes, for its leaves remain green, and it is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. Is your heart able to withstand the pressure and persecution if there are no roots? Probably not. How do we get those roots? How do we dig deep? Here's the church answer. You ready? Be in the Word. Open your Bible. (laughs) Be in the Word. Start slow, but start. Be in it. Memorize Scripture. I know that's a hard one. I remember when I was in the discipleship triad for the first time, and I was told, okay, we're going to memorize scripture every single week. I was like, excuse me, what? We're going to do what? Remember, I'm more of a math girl. Memorizing's hard for me. And so I was like, what? Okay, all right, let's do this. And so I prayed. That's the first thing I did. I prayed for God to help me to have the ability to memorize because it was hard for me. And he showed up and he showed off. (laughs) Now, do I have all the scripture memorized? Not even close. (laughs) But I want to, I'm I'm desiring to, and I love it when my brothers and sisters help me accountable and say, let's do this together. Which is my next point. Be in a group. Be in a discipleship group. What a blessing it is to sit at the feet of Jesus together with other believers and non-believers to discover God's word together, how we can apply it in our lives, and to pray, to be in prayer together, but then also just you and God. Someone once told me, and it's so simple, but it's so true, how can you be in a relationship with someone if you don't talk to them? Here is even bigger. How can you be in a relationship with someone if you won't listen to them? Be in prayer with God. Talk to him. Listen to him. One of my favorite things to do is to go prayer walking. And I do it in the morning because it is so stinking hot in the afternoon now. So in the morning when I rise up this morning, it was beautiful. It was a beautiful morning. Just to have that time alone with God. God, direct my steps. Guide me to be able to pray for those who I love. And those who he leads me to, he puts me in my path, puts in my path to pray for them. That is some really rich communion that we can have with God. 
Going back to Ch the story Chad told last week, Jesus says this. He begins it with, Everyone who then hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Did you catch that? It's more than just hearing. We have to put it into practice. We have to do it. To have those deep roots, we've got to put in the time and the effort to commune with God. Okay, we ought to have those deep roots because if we're going to, if we're going to withstand those difficult times, that persecution, that tribulation, we need to have those roots. And just because you're a believer does not mean that you're not going to have hard times. That is a false gospel. Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation. But take heart. I have overcome the world. That's a good one to memorize. That's a good one. Which then leads us to our next heart condition. Jesus continues on into verse 22. He says, as for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of the riches, they choke out the word, and it proves unfruitful. So this heart hears the word, receives the word, but has no room for it because the cares and the wealth of the world, the thorns, are too consuming. This is the choked heart choked. We are told in 1 John 2, 15 and 16, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the, father of, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. Here's the thing about thorns and weeds. They don't choke out suddenly. They do it gradually, almost unknowingly. Brothers and sisters, we have to be very, very careful in this culture. Word of warning. Do not think that you are above the danger of this world choking out your heart. Do not think that you are above the danger of this world choking out your heart. Anyone ever read the book Crazy Love by Francis Chan? Yeah, it's a great book. Um, one of the things that he said was this. Thorns are anything that distract us from God. When we want God and a bunch of other stuff, then that means we have thorns in our soil. Most of us have too much in our lives. A lot of things are good by themselves, but all of it together keeps us from living healthy, fruitful lives for God. We live in a culture that is overscheduled, overcommitted, and, and overwhelmed by busyness. And the scary part is it's normal. That's normal. If, you're, if your schedule's not like that, well, what's wrong with you? Are you okay? My Google Calendar scares me at times with all of the things listed on it that I'm supposed to do. 
good things, don't get me wrong, good things by themselves. But sometimes I find myself so overcommitted that I'm not spending that quality time with God. And don't even get me started on the idol that we stare at for hours upon hours every day. We have given the world permission to constantly message us, notify us, and distract us from God's purpose in our life. Please, I pray that you do not hear judgment from me today. I am guilty too. I'm speaking to myself more than I am to you, trust me. I am guilty of this. But brothers and sisters, ironing, sharpening iron, let's hear conviction together. Let's hear conviction to change. During the pandemic, a good friend of mine gave me a book to read called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. I guess as you can tell, I had a lot of time last year to read. But this was by John Mark Comer. And I highly suggest it, recommend it, if you are also struggling with being overcommitted. We need to slow down. And in it, he says this. He says, love, joy, and peace are at the heart of all that Jesus Jesus is trying to grow in the soil of your life. And all three of these are incompatible with hurry. Love, joy, and peace are incompatible with hurry. We got to slow down. We got to put the phone down. We got to turn off the Netflix. I'm speaking to myself. Turn off the Netflix, Kristen. We have to take that time to be present with God and with those who put, he puts in our path. Stillness is something that we just aren't good at. And instead of me wishing for more time, what I need to do is just to slow down. I need to slow down and enjoy the time that God has given me. One of my favorite verses, and I know many of you have a life verse, and this is yours. <laughs> Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. As a Christian, the best way to do this is to spend time with him, to read the Gospels, and to notice how did Jesus live his life. He did not live life in a hurry, and yet he was present. He prioritized time with God, even when the crowds were fighting for his attention. And we must do the same. Prioritize time alone with God. Honor the Sabbath. Honor it. It's a gift. Live simply. Let go of the thing. And slow down. One of the reasons I love backpacking so much is because it forces me to do those things. It forces me to. I have to live simply by carrying only what I need to survive on my back. You realize how little you need because you do not want that backpack to be very heavy. Yes, you live simply. Let go of the things you don't need to survive the journey. By the way... I hope this never changes, but phones usually don't work when you're backpacking. There's no distractions, no notifications coming up on the phone. It's just you and God's creation and the beauty of 
the others that are with you, that time alone with God, to slow down. Communion and with God through his word and through prayer, it's a gift that we don't ever want to take for granted. We don't want to allow the things of this world to choke it out. What we want are fruitful hearts. Jesus then explains in verse 23 what that looks like. He says, As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields. And in one case, a hundredfold, in another 60, and in another 30. The heart hears the word. The heart receives the word. The heart understands the word. The heart obeys the word. And the heart bears fruit. 160, 30 times. Now this crop yield would have seemed impossible to the audience that was listening. Impossible. Miraculous even. But I wonder if there may be a deeper meaning here. This is just me. Ready? And I'll confess later, Google. Remember, a parable is designed so that the learner discovers the truth, the treasure that's to be unveiled. When you're looking at that, what stands out to you? Anything? I'm a math person. Why are the numbers backwards? Well, that made me get out my Google and start digging. <laughs> okay, did you know that hundredfold outside of the teaching of Jesus is mentioned only one other time in Scripture? And I wonder if Jesus' learners would have known this. Because remember, they, they actually memorized all the Scripture. They knew it. So in Genesis 26, 12 is where it is. If you want to jot that down, do your own digging later, okay? Do your own digging. But here's what it says. Isaac sowed in the land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. And then it says, the Lord blessed him. When we hear the word of God with a fertile heart, when we grow those deep roots by committing ourselves to a relationship with God, when we let go of the cares of this world and we focus on him, we are blessed beyond all measure. We are blessed beyond all measure. Worship team, you can come on up. Psalm 1, 1 to 3, one of the first scriptures that I had to memorize in this discipleship triad, and it has blessed me so. It says, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yield its fruit 
and season, and whose life does not wither, whatever they do prospers. This is what we desire to have. Hearts that are planted by streams of living water. Hearts with deep roots. Hearts not being choked out by the things of this world. And hearts that bear fruit and multiply. Hearts that yield, as we're here about next week, much fruit. Would you pray with me? Father God, I just uh, I pray that you would continue this morning to cultivate in our hearts your word. I pray, Father, that you would plow up that hard ground. I pray that you would prepare that soil of our hearts for your righteousness, to be in right relationship with you. Prepare, Father, guide us for what you have for us in our lives. Help us to grow in our faith so that our relationship with you is not shallow or weak, but instead having that deep, mature faith that produces fruit, much fruit, fruit that lasts. So I pray that you would grant us the faith that would move those mountains of doubt, and I pray that you would help us to remove those oceans of fear. Teach us to have victory over temptation. Help us to trust you even when we do not understand. Father, I, I know that there are hearts of people that we love that are hardened to receive your word. And we ask, we ask in the mighty and powerful name of Jesus to take away those hearts of stones and to grant them a heart of flesh softened and ready to receive this precious gift. And we love you, Father, and we trust in your perfect timing. Thank you this morning for granting us ears to hear. Thank you for your word. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would help us to obey and to sow those seeds of righteousness and to keep unfailing love at the center. And I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.